0: Father God, we again come to you. Uh, again, we are reminded. I'm so thankful, Father, that you remind us personally and so often that you are the one who is sovereign. We are uh, your children. Uh, you are sovereign and not only over our personal lives, but over this entire creation, all the way from the galaxies down, down to this world here and all those that live within it father i i continue to uh, think of our country of course because we do love it and have loved it and only wish it could be preserved and yet we see it slipping away into the total control or what seems like that at times of, of the enemy So, Father, we know that that's not true. We know that you're still in charge. We know that you still are working all things out together for our ultimate good. And you will accomplish your purpose on this earth and in this nation as you have at each step of the way before. So, Father, thank you for reminding us of that. And that you keep everything uh, consistent with your eternal plan. So... Father, I'm so thankful that in that plan, uh, ultimately, all enemies will be destroyed and uh, all sin will be judged, as we're going to focus on here today as we finish up our studies in the long war against God against you so father please continue to remind us of uh, what we've learned as we've studied and as we open your word today i pray that you would bless us greatly in that father i pray for our president and other governmental leaders whether federal state or local uh, or those in service uh disciplines father that uh you you would exalt those that uh Stand for truth and justice. And, of course, Father, you know what I mean by that. It's not what you hear about in the mainstream news as justice, which is just uh, total perversion and a lie. But, Father, uh, we just pray for those, our president and others, cabinet, uh, um, and those that serve in the Congress and in the courts, and uh, then federal and local law enforcement, Father. Father, I pray for all of those and those in the medical profession that you would uh, encourage and support them that would take stands for you, Father. We know that there's always going to be persecution as long as we're in this world, but Father, I pray for encouragement for many and for all of those that are suffering so greatly in our own midst and, and even far beyond. Father, I pray for them. There are so many that we know of these days that have suffered so greatly some it seems even unto uh, death Father, i thank you for our time together now and uh, may this time together be a great blessing as we open your word in christ's name amen well we have a great opportunity today i've i've been reflecting for a long time on how we should finish up our long study, uh, nearly two and a half years on the long war against God. And (laughs) uh, increasingly, as we've gotten closer to this point where we are today, I've thought that it's impossible to end the study, can't ever be done, um, simply because there's no end to what scripture can teach us Um, you've certainly learned that yourself i don't have to be reminding you of it i'm reminding myself of it as much as i'm reminding you that every time we open the word there's a great opportunity to to know more of what has already been revealed and You'll remember, uh I'm sure, when we were back looking into the Daniel prophecies. And I also mentioned this again rather recently, that some of the scriptures that have been recorded in the Bible, some of the scriptures given to the prophets, were closed up, sealed up as it were until the time of the end. And then the the promise given to Daniel, and see, remember this was bothering Daniel, that some things were revealed that he he didn't comprehend uh, well at all, or or at all perhaps. And he called out to the Lord in that regard. And, uh, you know, I believe it was uh, Gabriel that spoke to him and said, some of these things are closed now until the time of the end, but they will be Opened And uh, those who live at that time will understand So don't think that all of scripture is for us today Certainly it's not all possible um, for, It's not for us all possible uh, That we understand it The Holy Spirit isn't giving understanding of all of it and there are other illustrations in the word of this principle. Christ in his earthly ministry revealed a number of things uh, to his apostles that weren't revealed to anyone else. And their minds were closed to these things. So so that was part of his purpose at that time. And we also know from uh, a scripture that Linda will read right at the end from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that much of... What was accomplished in the cross of Calvary was not openly revealed at that time. Okay, so this is uh, something we just have to deal with in our own study of Scripture, right? God will give us understanding of many things uh, over time as we compare Scripture with Scripture and and let, let the Spirit teach us, but not everything that's written there is even for our understanding. And certainly not everything is written, that is written there is for our obedience. We can't obey that which is not written to us for our obedience. There's too many examples of this in Scripture, right? I don't need to remind you of that now. It is all for our blessing, though, and for our edification. Okay, um, so we focus long and hard on the principle of near and far fulfillment as it applies to the prophecies regarding the new heavens and the new earth. And I think that that by now has been, if you've been with us here, certainly been written in your hearts, certainly in your minds, so I hope in your hearts too and in mine, that there is this principle governing the progressive revelation uh, given Especially for Israel, and through Israel for the nations, right? And so there are near and and then full and final fulfillments. The near fulfill, fulfillments are not fulfillments to completion or perfection. The far ones are okay. So sometimes there are multiple early uh, partial fulfillments. And I think that should be very clear at this time. Um, it It is something that we have to continue to study in order to understand more about. We looked, as an example of that, at Revelation chapter 3 and then compared that with Revelation chapter 21. So there was a, 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 a statement made there concerning the new Jerusalem, right? That would come down out of heaven. And uh, it was... Said in the earlier chapter, chapter three, that there would be a temple there, right? But in the latter chapter, chapter 21, that there would be no temple at all there, but, but, but the lamb himself would be the light of it and so forth, right? Uh, he would be <laughs> the only true temple at that time. So there's clearly both a n- near partial fulfillment of the New Jerusalem prophecies, and also a far and a completed and perfect fulfillment. Uh, they're different. So I can I have to conclude that Scripture teaches us that there's both a New Jerusalem that comes down at the beginning of the kingdom and comes down to this earth, and we know the, the size of the Promised Land at that time, because Abraham even was told the size of the Promised Land. Uh, The New Jerusalem, therefore, is considerably smaller than that. But at the end of the Millennial Kingdom, at the end of the 1,000-year period, there is a different New Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, and I promise you, just bear with me. The purpose today will be that your minds, and I hope hearts, are expanded considerably considering the full revelation giving given of the plan of god the redemptive plan of god for sinners okay so two different new jerusalem's uh, and so forth then in between them at the end of the millennial kingdom will be a great white throne judgment purpose for that is to eliminate everything that is damaged by sin in one way or another that includes all the spirit beings satan himself and it includes sinners in general right who have never been redeemed whatever the dispensational plan they may have lived under okay so that great white throne judgment will when it's accomplished will finish off um the previous many dispensations, which have been focused on sin and sinners, okay? And proving in each one of them something important about mankind, right? That as sinners, uh, there is no possibility (laughs) without the uh, power of God at work uh, to ever please God, right? Okay, so... We looked at last time at the dispensational significance of the kingdom itself, and I mentioned uh, rather quickly. And but we've looked at this often in the past that there are uh, there are in each dispensation a test or tests that are given. Okay, those tests define the nature of the dispensational plan. So God is revealing something about mankind in these different dispensations. It is the test that reveals that. So, for example, under the Abrahamic plan, okay, the test was whether Abraham, first of all, and then his descendants, uh, would take God at his word. And God's word was short. It was not long. There was no law at that time. The Mosaic law did not exist. It wasn't hundreds of pages of revelation from God. It could have fit on one long page, right? And Abraham was expected, and so was Isaac and Jacob, to walk around as aliens and strangers over the breadth of the land that had been given. Uh, Promised at least, right? Still owned by others, but Abraham was told he and his seed would possess it someday. The life of the believer was, therefore, defined in that fashion. When they turned aside from the promise that had been given, they failed the test. Okay? So that was the test uh, under the Abrahamic uh, covenant and under the, if you want to call it a dispensation, under the dispensation of promise. Okay, Under the Mosaic covenant, the test was the law of Moses. This should be really obvious, right? And all failed the test. Okay, Some, however, were preserved and brought into the promised land, right? Okay, we remember that all very, very well. Under the Pentecostal period, the test was the rule of the spirit. You saw from the Ananias and Sapphira example how they failed and i'm sure many did right under that rule of the spirit under grace today where we live the test is whether we will live by grace will grace be your motivator and empower or will it be fear and judgment according to some law that is the test how many fail today all fail the test okay we do not live perfectly under the rule of grace In the tribulation period, the test will be provided, at least in part, by the challenges of Satan through his servants. There's also the promises concerning the kingdom, which uh, the ones living in the tribulation period are to live up to. Of course, they all fail, these tests, but not completely. Some do not ever accept the mark of the beast, for example. Those are the true believers at that time, right? Under the kingdom, you may have thought, many have thought, because there's such a failure to rightly divide the word of truth, but many have thought, you may have thought, that the kingdom's perfect. Well, we can't wait to get there, right? Everything will be perfect. Far from true. The kingdom is a dispensation. Dispensations provide tests. The people, even the people of God, fail to live up to the test perfectly, okay? They may conform in general, and we see that there are many uh, in the saved nation of Israel and even the Gentile nations that will be saved during the kingdom rule, but they will fail the test in various ways. And therefore, in the kingdom, there are imperfections in, uh, in many different ways, right? Right? But when we get to the end of the kingdom, Satan finally has been released from the bottomless pit. He's led off so many into uh idolatries of various kinds, right? And then there's the great judgment. Satan is cast into the lake of fire along with all of his servants, all of his willing accomplices, right? As well as all who have not been redeemed, right? Will be cast into the lake of Fire. Okay, so that's an overview of the whole dispensational plan of God. But um, the main point there is that the kingdom, even though Christ is ruling from a throne, he's ruling with a rod of iron for a reason, right? It's because in man's natural state, man will not and cannot keep the law perfectly. And at that time, remember, it will be the kingdom law. It will be an intensified law, far more intense intense and demanding than the law of Moses for example okay so all of those dispensational realms eventually have to be replaced by that which fulfills all the promises of God and that's where we come today is to consider the different realms of blessing and glory in eternity okay in eternity future Now, that eternity begins at the end of the 1,000-year kingdom. Although we, as members of the body of Christ, when we're caught up to be with the Lord and we're intimately in his presence, right, we'll already be enjoying many of the blessings of that time. Not quite all, not quite all, because some things will be reserved until the new heavens and the new earth is established okay now let me say one thing before we jump right in the middle of this um i've said it already but i'll say it again there there's so much more to be known than what we've learned yet that doesn't mean Scripture's incomplete god has revealed in in the bible and in, in the preserved scriptures everything necessary for us okay and for all those believers that will come along although i do believe that there will be prophets in the tribulation period we know that right no it certainly will be false prophets then will there be true prophets then Mm, i think so i think so um and in the kingdom as well there may be further revelation given but but all the scriptures that are necessary before the kingdom is established already has been given uh <clears throat> in in nearly a complete form certainly for us it's complete right and apart from the the possibility of prophets yet future uh in the tribulation and kingdom after we are removed from this world You know it is complete okay so uh nothing's to be added or taken away from that book it says right and that's certainly a very weighty uh statement indeed there right at the end of the book uh, of revelation now when all these things have been resolved when every limitation has been taken away when all sin has been judged when every sinner has been either because they're saved, purified of all of their sins and prepared for eternity future. When everything that could take away from the glory of God has been removed from the picture, then you have the new heavens and the new earth. And Peter says in second Peter chapter three, he says uh, in verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Even in the kingdom itself, the 1,000-year kingdom, which precedes this new heavens and the new earth. Even then, righteousness is not going to settle down and dwell across the face of the earth. There will still be rebellion and sin, and you know it. We've read those scriptures, right? But the time will come when all of this is reconciled, as it were, to God, and God will be uh, exalted, honored, and glorified in his Son, our Lord Jesus, as He had always promised. Now, our outline today is, first of all, to look at the first of three spheres of blessing. That there are three may amaze you, okay, but I'm convinced there are three. So that's what we're teaching today. Uh, Three spheres of blessing. The first sphere is the new earth. When the new heavens and the new earth are established, you'll have the new earth, which is designed for Israel and the nations that are saved at that time. Israel and the nations uh, designed for them is the new earth. Then there's the second sphere of blessing, and that is the new heavens. The new heavens is designed for, you might think it's for you, Well, there's an aspect of it. It's designed for Abraham's seed in the plural sense. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that more shortly here today. The new heavens for Abraham's seed, the second sphere of eternal blessing. Then there's the third sphere of eternal blessing, and that is what Paul calls the heavenlies. What Paul calls the heavenlies okay that's for the body of christ the church which is his body okay these are the three eternal spheres of blessing now scripture gives us a lot of revelation it's many 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 chapters and books concerning israel and the nations right because that's the main subject of scripture at least in terms of the volume of revelation given to us in the Bible, right? So many pages concerning the new earth, which is for Israel and the nations. Only a few pages, total revelation regarding uh, Abraham's seed, seed in the plural sense. In the singular sense, Abraham's seed, the seed of the woman is uh, the son of God, right? Our savior, the Lord Jesus, right? But in the plural sense, we're talking about here, those that are saved according to the promise we'll read about that in a moment okay so there's some revelation concerning that and quite a bit really regarding that in paul's letters because we are also saved in relationship to that promise given to abram there's a connection there's a relationship there then there is the revelation given specifically to the church the body of christ there's quite a bit of revelation regarding that, right? Many, many, many pages and chapters that Paul has given to us. So most of the revelations is about Israel, however, and then to a limited extent, uh, Gentile nations and others, say according to the promises of God. Okay, now that Israel. And the nations will be distinguished, not just for a time, and not just in the kingdom, but forever. That's something that we can only learn if we rightly divide the word of truth, okay? And really, we don't have to go further than just a couple of verses to see this. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 22, and we did look there last time. In Isaiah 66:22, we read, For... As the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. How long will the new heavens and the new earth remain? Forever. They're eternal, right? So so shall your seed and your name remain. Okay, so Israel will be distinguished from the nations forever. Forever. Certainly, this will be on the earth, primarily, okay, where they have that eternal inheritance. So their inheritance is not only for 1,000 years in the kingdom. They'll settle down and enjoy that, right? There are things in the kingdom which are very, very negative indeed, okay, Uh, that take away from the joy of the Lord, take away from the glory of the Lord in its fullest sense, but in the new heavens and the new earth that follow after the kingdom ends and after the great judgments have occurred, then both Israel and the saved nations that will be in subordination to Israel, in submission to Israel, will receive their full promised blessing, and that will go on for all eternity. So Israel exists forever. There are many scriptures that, that speak to this point. Uh, if you look at the notes afterwards that I'll put on the Liberty Messenger website, you'll see a whole list of, of verses that point forward to that time. Okay, uh, I'd like us to start out today. If Roy, Roy, I'd like you to read Daniel chapter 7. Actually, Daniel chapter 7 and Haggai, the Old Testament prophet in chapter 2, uh, right specifically about the kingdom and uh, and how long uh this distinction between Israel and the nations will exist, it's very clearly revealed there, so please read uh, Roy Daniel chapter seven verse twenty seven and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Okay, so the implication is there. I think it's pretty clearly stated. There are other scriptures that are even clearer that, that indicate that this this kingdom that goes for a thousand years will, in some respect, be continued on for all eternity. The heavens and the earth are part of that whole thing. The new heavens and the new earth. If there wasn't going to be an earthly inheritance forever, you wouldn't need a new earth. Think about that, okay? Now, you may ask the serious question, why do we need a new heaven? Why does that need to be perfected? You would think it's perfect already. Well, not really. Now, I'm not going to speak directly to that today, It would take us a whole series of studies to go into it. But remember who dwells in the heavens right now, right? Satan and demons and so forth are there, right? Um, You also have other things in the heavens going on. For example, you have uh, the Lord interceding for saints because we are being attacked, right? Right. So you have intercession going on in heaven. You have certain things that are going to remind uh, many of sin, right, going on in the heavens right now. But, But we have scriptures. We've already looked at them that say these things will not ever be brought to mind again once we finally get to that final point. Okay, that God wants to take us to the stain of sin is so severe that, according to the plan of God, it must be entirely removed, and then someday it shall be. Okay, um, the blood of Christ is required for that final cleansing. Uh, there's much in the letter of the Hebrews. I'm not. You may have wondered why I've skipped over, uh, for the most part, the letter of the Hebrews in our studies here. It's because it would take us so long to go through the letter to the hebrews maybe we'll do that at a future time lord willing okay so there we have in daniel chapter 7 uh, pointers forward to everlasting <laughs> uh, extensions of the kingdom And how Israel and the nations will coexist in certain blessed ways at that time. Uh, Not like they fail to coexist today in peace and harmony, right? Today things are quite different. Okay, um, so eventually there will be a total transformation in the heavens and on the earth. As the prophets and apostles have foretold, this new kingdom will be everlasting on this earth. Israel and the saved nations will always endure. And all of the former foreshadowings will be replaced with that perfect realm that they all pointed forward, okay, prophetically. So all will be fulfilled. Now, let's see that in addition to Israel and the nations that are saved during the millennial kingdom we also have uh two additional realms in eternity uh first of all um what i call the second sphere of blessing this is the new heavens for abraham's seed now this, this is an area where we need to study very carefully not only you i need to do this as well we must not stop taking in the scriptures every time we come to the word we can be given more understanding, and I hope we will be. Right, so let's look at that. And Patty, I I need you to read um, there some amazing scriptures there in Galatians uh, chapter three regarding not only Abraham but all of those that would be uh, become saved in the way in in seeing seeing him as kind of a type of salvation for so many. So Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, and verses 25
1: and 26. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, "In thee shall all nations be blessed, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And down to Galatians 25 but, Oh 25. 325 But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus.
0: No, I must have given you the wrong information. It should be, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. Those are the two scriptures there, starting there. I'll read it. Okay, this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Okay, so there we see a promise given. Notice there's there's a reference to Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, right? But no specific promises there regarding land. Now, you know, Abraham was given land promises. But here, the promises is opened up wide to all who will believe, okay, as Abraham did. He's the father of even many nations, right? The nations of faith, the Gentiles who believe, uh, who take God at his word, even though they do not have the benefit of everything that was promised to abraham which goes far beyond for example what you and i have right so we're included in some sense as are the saved nations in the kingdom as are all gentiles that have been saved before in other dispensations under this abrahamic kind of promise now there are many places in Scripture where this is referred to, you can see the list I made, which is long, if you look at the notes on liberty messenger, uh, dot org. Okay, so no land is necessarily granted to Abraham's seed to possess it eternally. I mean, for us, example, no land has been ever promised to us. But nevertheless, believing Gentiles are at the very center of this great redemptive work of God. In fact, in many ways, the coming kingdom on this earth is the appointed time in God's great plan of redemption for the often promised and dramatic Gentile salvation, even that nations would be called saved. Think of that, right? There are no saved nations today, right? But there will be saved nations at the end of the Millennial Kingdom, okay? So, the Millennial Kingdom is for fulfilling promises already made, land promises and and other promises relating to Israel, right? And also, for a great blessing, worldwide great blessing for Gentiles through Israel's evangelistic efforts. Israel will be... (laughs) the evangelistic tool God will use then. He always wanted them to be this, but they never were, right? Or nearly never. Okay, so what we see here uh, is that there is a city mentioned here, right? (laughs) Jerusalem, uh, the one who is to come, which is free, which is in the heavens, he says, right? So it was promised to Abraham and to his seed. Now, I I mentioned this before here in our fellowship, but I have to mention this again now because this is so important to understand. When that final New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, it is so large you can hardly conceive of it. Okay, In fact, Scripture says it is converting biblical language to our current day. 1500 miles on a side it's either a pyramid or it's a cube 1500 miles on a side a cube or a pyramid of that scale would cover approximately 72% of the entire area of the united states just just the contiguous land mass, not counting Alaska and Hawaii. That's how large 1,500 square miles is, okay? Well, it's also a cube or a pyramid, so the volume of that is what we're talking about here, okay? This is going to extend from the earth. It says it's gonna come down out of heaven to the earth, from the earth up into the high heavens okay think of this the highest mountain on earth is less than six miles high that's everest six okay international space station is in low earth orbit at 250 miles approximately international space station so it goes from earth into the heavens so it isn't strange uh i i would say for heavenly promises to be given to some believers and their abode being in the new heavens. You hear what I'm saying? The new Jerusalem is large enough to contain both those with an earthly inheritance. It says they will be able to go into the new Jerusalem and out into the rest of the land, right? Into the rest of the new earth, if it is appropriate, right? But... All of those who are Abraham's seed have a heritage in Galatians, it says there. We just read it, right? In the New Jerusalem, in the heavens. Okay. I want your minds to be expanded because that's absolutely necessary, right? It's very, very large. And it extends up into the heavens. Okay, so that's... The heritage that Abraham was promised, right? Okay. It's the domain of all those who have a an Abrahamic kind of faith. Okay. An unconditional promise received as the word of the living God. Now, let's skip to the final uh, point here. There is a third sphere of blessing as well. And that is the abode of the body of christ okay and it is said many times in paul's letters in the letter to the ephesians to be heavenly in the heavenlies okay for example we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in christ jesus it says so in ephesians chapter one verse three um And let's, let's continue reading some of these scriptures because there's, we've already spent much time in our studies. In fact, we, we made a whole series of teachings on all the blessings we have as believers today, independently of what's been promised to Israel and the nations, right? So, uh, Lisa, would you please just read for us there from Ephesians chapter two, verses four through eight, and then verses 15 and 16.
2: in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God.
0: And verses 15 and 16.
2: Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby.
0: Okay, thank you, Lisa. And now, Charlie, if you can read uh, chapter 3 of Ephesians, verses 1 through 6. And what what we're seeing here is the blessings that we have as members of what's been called the co Body or the body together. So, if you'd read that, please, uh, Charlie, one through six. For this cause,
2: I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, to you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel.
0: Amen. So there's a co-body where it says the same body. Uh, In the Greek, it's like in the English, it could be co, co, or together, the together body, right? Where you have together in one without any distinctions any longer between Jew and Gentile, bond or free, male and female, young or old. The co-body, the body we're in, has obliterated all these distinctions forever. So it's as if. We're all Gentiles in a sense, right? It's as if there you know there's no Israel that's ever existed, right I mean w- that that causes this division with the Gentiles. These things have been brought these groups have been brought together, and the promises are the same, and the inheritance is the same for both. so all those who are in the member of Christ, who members of the body of Christ have the same eternal heritage so we possess newness of life today god's full and free grace every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies and we have an eternal hope that goes even far beyond what god will do uh, for israel and those nations at that time but there is a connection with the new jerusalem nevertheless i i assume though our abode may not be there it may be in the heavenlies we're certainly going to have uh free reign <laughs> to move about and to a- a- accomplish the great purposes of God whatever they may be uh, throughout eternity. Now all of this was somehow contained in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ but it wasn't revealed, you know. So Linda, please finish up for us today with those three verses from First Corinthians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8. First Corinthians chapter two verses six through eight. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. None of the principles of this world, (laughs) well, they were energized by Satan himself, right? (laughs) That means even Satan didn't know anything about this great plan of God that included us in that plan, even before the foundation of the world, it was mapped out. In fact, Christ was even crucified, we read elsewhere, before the foundation of the world, as it were, right? All the plan of Almighty God was set in eternal concrete, in heavenly concrete, as it were, from the beginning of this whole plan. And so finally, we reach the end of the plan with the new heavens, the new earth, and the heavenly is uh, beyond and above that uh, in which believers will dwell forever. Everything that could take away from the glory of God would have been removed permanently. Amen and amen. Well, if there are any comments or questions, we'll take them. But next time, our plan will be, Lord willing, to begin a verse-by-verse study of Paul's letter to the Philippians. So, you have any comments or questions? Patty has one.
1: Well. I'm just thinking of the verse in one of Paul's letters, um, one of the Corinthian letters, actually. Eye has not seen, Mm -hmm. nor ear heard, Mm -hmm. the things which God has prepared for them who
0: love him. Right. So there will be a continuing unfolding of blessings for all eternity. Right? Mm -hmm what a wonderful prospect we have huh are you sitting on the edge of the chair as it were listening waiting and listening for the shout and waiting for the call right mm-hmm. amen any other comments
2: i do jim go ahead um, uh i like what you said about the um uh the kingdom being a dispensation um mm-hmm. i had that helps to clarify things for me because I've always been taught that the kingdom is the end, you know, and it is the end, but it's the last dispensation.
0: The last Uh, one.
2: Yeah. The last one. And that helps for you to speak those words because it makes sense to me. And I wanted to ask a question about Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation (laughs) of the fullness of times, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Would that dispensation of the fullness of times be after that kingdom dispensation?
0: No. Well, all you can ask me is what is my interpretation, right?
2: <laughs> okay, Sure.
0: It is a difficult verse, but because in chapter three of Ephesians, at the beginning there, in the verses that uh, Charlie read, it's referring yeah. back. He refers back to what he said he already wrote of this and um, applying in the same letter, right? So that mystery he mentions in chapter one, I think, is the same mystery that he's uh, revealing in chapter three. So my view of it is that. If it were something after the kingdom, it wouldn't be a truly a dispensation. I
2: see.
0: Yes, okay. imperfections would have been removed. So there yes. can't be any kingdom after that. And for it to be the kingdom itself doesn't make sense either, because what's stated there in verse 10 is not something that's fulfilled in in the uh, memorial. Kingdom. So that, that's my interpretation.
2: Very interesting. So, so you think that the dispensation of the fullness of times is referring to what Paul is talking about?
0: Yeah, I'm, I know from our former studies. Actually, I don't think you were with us then, but we maybe you were. But we spent a lot of time looking at the word "fullness." Oh, okay. yes, uh, That's a special word that Paul. I was there. Yeah, this dispensation we're in now. The dispensation of the grace of God is the dispensation of God's fullness. Uh, and he uses that word often in Romans chapter 11 and in, uh, Ephesians and in Colossians regarding the current dispensation.
2: Because that, you're right about that because that would match, um, what it says in, um, 1 Corinthians 13 that, um, uh that which is perfect is come because that which is perfect is come is uh is the mystery right
0: yes it's yeah. that which fulfills the revelation of God and makes it complete yes yes yeah. so, yes
2: that's great thank you for the commentary thank you
0: okay, any other comments before we go to the Lord in prayer? Well, there, there could be a great many because we're never going to be finished with the study, right? (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, we won't forget to continue (laughs) if the Lord gives us the ability. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for, for gathering us uh, so often here on Sunday mornings to consider this great book, uh, the Word of God, the Bible. Father, thank you for giving us Uh, This word and the believers down through the ages, this word and for preserving it for us. Thank you, Father, that that we can open it. And the spirit of God is dwelling within us to give us increased understanding. Father, I thank you that you continue to do that. We haven't reached the end of our studies. You've told us that we should study uh, to be workmen that are approved before you. So, Father, I pray that we would do that. We would never cease doing that and that uh, we'll be doing that uh, even when we're caught up into heaven's glory. So, Father, thank you again uh, for each one who's here, and for all those that we know, Father, whether they're in our group or apart from this group, uh, even those that are still unsaved, Father, we pray that uh, you'd be uh, merciful to them and their sufferings, whatever kind that may be, just, just the the uncertainty of not having any Enduring hope in this world is such an incredible burden. So, Father, we just pray that in these dark days that you would still be drawing those to yourself uh, that are part of this great, great plan. So, Father, thank you again for gathering us today. In Christ's name, amen.